start recording here. And we're just going to fly into it here and give it a few seconds. <coughs> All right, here. In three, two, one. Uh, maybe I'll turn my thing down. Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Holy smokes. Episode 195. Thank you for joining us. Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. We are two guys that have never met in real life. I'm one of those guys. My name is Colin Flynn. I live in Iowa. And my co-host, Mr. John M. Craig. Yes, I am the other one of those guys. And right now, I am in Connecticut. Connecticut. So, yeah, yeah. Are we both hot? I, I feel like we're both hot. I mean, is it me? Is it me? Like, not hot, like temperature hot. I mean, I know it's the summer here in the Northeast and where you are, but I wouldn't know how you're feeling. But uh, are our mics really crazy? I feel... I know you, you there. Cause I'm here. Yes. I just, I just, it seemed like it was a little bit distorted. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a little. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We've done this 194 Should times before, and uh, I don't know. No one's ever complained, as far as I know. Maybe just a little bit, but I'm not sure why. I'm looking at all my knobs and dials, and, and, and yeah. Yeah, I stopped looking at my knobs and dials a long time ago. It really makes no difference. I mean, I could pay attention to them. I could ride the levels. It won't make a difference. The outcome's always going to be the same, man. It's just not going to work out well. Yeah, we'll just roll. We'll just roll. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll sit back off my mic a little bit, so I'm not uh, blowing your head off. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. Maybe I'm on top of the mic too. Maybe I'm just so. It's been a while, so I want to get close to the mic. I think maybe it's probably something to do with all the, all the stress in the world, all of the all of the things that are going on, all of these well, stress. These, what are you talking about? Just, everything's normal. Yeah. Everything's fine. It's great. Yeah. It's just yeah. It would. Okay. I don't know. You're right. You should be. We should not be too stressed. I was just, I, I was uh, watching the uh, on HBO. There's a, a documentary uh, about uh, longevity. It was Carl Reiner. It was the the uh, person that was being featured in it. And uh, I thought, wow, that's great. Carl Reiner's still alive. Ninety eight. Uh, Ninety eight years old. Ninety eight years young. And then boom. He died the next day. I'm watching it. And I'm like, that's great that he's still alive. And then he died the next day. And I was it like, was. Oh. It, I I haven't seen this. This was on HBO. And what was it exactly? Well, it's a documentary. There, okay. There's a document, and I'm not sure what it's called. It's something about aging, and it's uh, it features uh, huh. you know a lot of these uh, kind of a bunch of old Jewish guys, uh, Carl Reiner, and uh, was uh, Mel Brooks in it as well? Because they're no, buddies. They're buddies. Yeah, Mel Brooks, and mm-hmm. uh, is uh, yeah they, they are were I guess uh, great buddies up until this mm-hmm. week. Uh, yes, for many years. And uh, there's there's a bunch of them in there that they, Dick Van Dyke is is part of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so they uh-huh. just talk to these guys that are all in in their 90s and yeah, uh, yeah. and how they're how they how they they you know they maintain how they keep doing it. Most of them all just say that they've kept working and they've kept uh, they've kept involved and they're they're moving forward and that sort of thing. Keep moving. Well, I I didn't know if Sid Caesar, uh, Susie and I were talking about this yesterday. We didn't know if he was dead or alive, but he died in 2014, but he was alive a lot longer than you would have expected. Um, uh, he's, uh, but then again, he was, I think the same age as, uh, as Carl Reiner, roughly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were, uh, strong old fucks. Yes. Guys living a long time. 
impressive as shit mm-hmm. really you know the stuff and they and they were you know they're just still doing things they're just you just they were all mm-hmm. involved in projects and and writing and and uh, it's it's impressive i guess and now because uh, i guess there's uh with covid now nobody will ever retire ever again so uh, everybody will work till they're 95 like those guys <laughs> they, they, yeah that's right they'll have no choice they, and they won't even do the same thing that they used to it'd be like you know like guys like that a lot of those guys would started doing one thing and then boom I mean, but a lot of those guys got, got into the uh, entertainment industry at a relatively young age and just just excelled now there was probably a lot less competition back then i would think right? yeah yeah that's true but also less opportunity because there's less places to do it. So. Well, that's true as well. So there you go. Um, I, last night I was watching. Um, well, uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Uh, I turned on just before bed. Susie said, "You pick something." And the night before, I had picked um, Space Force, the, the Steve Carell thing. Yeah, I, I started watching a little bit of that. I, honestly, I slept slept through. Uh, yeah, she didn't like it at all, and uh, I was not uh, hopeful after two episodes. It was like, eh. It's not exactly. Not, not, no. it's, not that, it's not that good. It's It, it really isn't. I, I had somebody tell me it was super funny, and I would really love it, and mm-hmm. uh, I was disappointed. But. So, so you know, I knew that you wanted something light and something probably romantical and possibly funny, and I don't know why, but I said, you know, she said, choose whatever, something that, and there was something that I wanted to watch, and I want to watch uh, Perry Mason, which is on on HBO and right. you know Raymond Burr played the attorney Barry Mason and I vaguely remember that show I mean it was before my time but he was a, he was an attorney right he was a yes a defa- his, I don't know uh, what kind of, yeah. sidekick Della Reese was his okay uh, well yeah, yeah yeah you know what I, I've seen something about that recently it was when I was watching that uh that talked about that but anyway um because I think it was a little bit ahead of its time to have like a strong um you know black woman in that role, but I could be wrong about that. I, again, I'm I'm a little too young for Perry Mason, but remember it because my grandfather, I think, used to watch reruns or have tapes. Yeah, it was on for a long time in reruns. Yeah, probably so, still is somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so uh, so this um, incarnation of um, of Perry Mason, I guess, is before he became an attorney, and he's played by this uh, I don't know, in a Scottish guy who's in the Americans. He's uh, married to that uh, actress from there, Felicity. What's her name? Oh, Carrie yeah. Russell. Right. Yeah, right. And anyway, so had it on for a total of maybe four minutes, the first scene, and I think it's um, Perry Mason on the phone with a couple, and it's dark. It's like Los Angeles, I think maybe in the 40s, mm-hmm. and uh, it involved a, 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 a not-so-um um, healthy baby and possibly a kidnapping and ransom. Okay, and so and I didn't realize. Like I had heard an interview about it. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was that dark. And I just, it, as it was leading into this scene where it was like, this is not, this isn't good. And it was just like she's just waving her hand. No, no, no. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no, no. I said, you, you want me to turn it off, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're uh, we're coming up on a year, and uh, I think I I think I read the signals. I probably should have turned it off before that. I, you know, I'll, I'll have to watch that one on my own. All right. So she wasn't into it. So what did you end up? Did you? Oh, we ended up. That, yeah, yeah. Just picked. Uh, just watched an episode of Comedians in Cars, and I watched the uh, Jamie Jamie Fox episode. And uh, you know, Jamie Fox is funny. He is. I mean, I boy. knew. I I mean, I knew he was really talented, but I forgot that he was that funny. 
He does so many, Im, you know, his impressions, his, his impressions. Yeah, yeah. But, but he, but just anything, just riffing. If you haven't watched comedians in cars, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, whatever that Netflix thing that Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know. I always mess up the title, but uh, yeah, yeah, the Jamie Fox one's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't so. seen that one. I, I haven't watched it in a while. I, I've, I've been on some weird, occasionally some weird uh, rabbit holes. Uh, I, there's these guys on YouTube, uh, and I don't, have no fucking idea why. Uh, dog's whining over here. She wants me to mm-hmm. open the door, but I'm not going to. Anyway, um, so there's these guys, and they're they're in Texas, and uh, it's, I think it's a father son duo, and their whole shtick is they uh, they try to they find these old cars or trucks and stuff that somebody will call them say i've got an old blah 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 and they they go out into the pasture or the woods or somewhere and and find this old car and then they try to start it where it sits and a lot of times it'll be okay something that hasn't been started in like 30 years or 40 years or something like that and uh i'm not a mechanic i'm not uh, i don't want to be a mechanic I don't want to do what they do. I don't have any interest in uh, going along with them or doing anything like that. Uh, but for some reason, watching them with this really slow conversation about, I guess we could put a new wire on here. I don't know why, but I'm intrigued by it. And they, they always, after you know a lot of struggling, they manage to get usually the old piece of shit, whatever it is, started. And a lot of times they'll drive it out and drive it out of wherever it's at. And I, I'm just like, how can that possibly be? Who, who? I don't know. It's dumb. But I've watched that. And that's 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 what this uh, lockdown. That's what this whole COVID thing has done to to us. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's created new algorithms for us. Yeah, yeah. That that's for sure. Uh, I, I've gotten on. Speaking of algorithms, um, for some reason, and I haven't figured this out, but. Uh, Popping up on uh, Twitter and Instagram, somebody thinks it's a good idea for me to have a bulletproof flak jacket. Um, They're not wrong. They're not wrong. (laughs) No, I heard a story on NPR. Uh, It's it's time. Yeah, it was a secret story for guys like you and me. We shouldn't even talk about it on the show. How did this, is is this coming up in your Instagram feed? Where's this? yeah. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they do that. You know, retargeting is is what the uh, the, mm-hmm. the market marketers call it. Somehow you've used a keyword search or something that's led them to throw products your direction, or right? Whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. And I don't believe I've looked up anything that would uh, would lend uh, anybody in the you know an idea that we're headed down the direction of that uh, me or anybody in the family is going to start wearing uh, a flak jacket that has they they have a lot of pockets and a lot of velcro things and you can apparently you can store uh, extra extra ammo extra clips or uh, i don't know it looks like you could hook a water bottle there or something maybe i'm not sure but um and the, the branding is is uh, is funny on some of these too they got they've got crazy you know real real american sounding names that kind of make you want to kind of check it out it's like maybe, maybe i do need one of these maybe somebody i don't know yeah for for me for me it's right now it's uh socks yeah uh it's um i don't know where but some a bookcase i don't know where that came from but it, it's also uh sneakers brooks in particular because i bought i bought a pair of brooks um running shoes how are they working out you liking those uh, I've only worn them once. So, so anyway, yeah, I, I ran, um, I got two, I got a pair of Asics that came in the mail, 
Uh, they finally got delivered. I'm going to keep those. The the Asics Excite 6 or something like that. There's so many names and whatever. And so I was going to have two pair of sneakers because I run so much so that I was going to alternate between runs. And then I got these Brooks Ghost 12s. Um, I, I went up. I, I had Saucony, but they were, they were a little too tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, too big, a size 10 when I was really a nine and a half, and I, I needed to get wide. So I ended up getting these Brooks. I uh, ran in them yesterday for the first time. I just finished week six of my 18-week marathon training. And uh, so yesterday was my longest run to date, a 10-mile run. And uh, man, am I feeling it. I'm feeling it. But the sneakers were fine. Uh, the last 30 minutes, it was pouring rain, which actually was pleasant because it was a little bit hot and it was nice. I mean, other than being soaking wet, you know, it was a problem for my glasses and thing, but then, and then just left the sneakers out on the porch overnight and, uh, they seem dry. Uh, but I'm not running today. Today's an off day. I'll, I'll meditate and maybe go for a walk, but, uh, I can't believe I ran 10 consecutive miles in any sneakers. It's a, it's a milestone run whenever somebody gets to that first 10-miler. I, I remember when I did mine first. It was with uh, Alan Marty, and uh, <laughs> I was in high school, and he had this crazy idea that, uh, let's go run 10 miles. And I thought, 10 miles? Who, <laughs> the, who the fuck can run 10 miles? That's crazy. Yeah, we can't yeah. do that. Right. Yeah, we got through it. But, yeah, uh, that's right. I got through it. I, I, uh, I The way I was looking at it or the way I've been looking at this is, you know, I, I – just decided to do this i had a lot of time on my hands and uh i've been running for the over over the last year and i'm like yeah let me just try this out of course i didn't realize it was a bad idea to start it um just before the summer because uh when it is hot and humid man it really slows your pace down and you at least for me it really slows my pace down and i can feel it you know, yeah, um, it does for everybody. And yeah. uh, a lot of people get st- stressed out by that thing. Oh, my God, I'm not doing that great. But um, mm-hmm. I've been running and I've been running trying to usually I OK, this sounds nuts, but um, I try to run when it's the hottest part of the day. Really? Uh, I yeah. Didn't. Yeah. And then because uh, I I've done this before uh, and even though it feels bad and you're running slower and everything is just uh, it's it's uh it's this painful, you know, kind of uh, god awful thing to go through mm-hmm. when uh, the weather breaks and we get. We've been on this uh, ninety every day thing for the mm-hmm. last uh, week or so, and it looks like the next. I was looking at the forecast. I think for like the next ten days, we're supposed to be like ninety every day for the next ten days too. So it's we're in this long, yeah, you know. Heat, hmm. heat stretch. Anyway, when it when it does break on the other side, when when it's all when it's all done and and cooler, I will I know I will be just feeling like I can run forever then. But um, I've not gone. I, I went about six ish, uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 the little short of six miles the other day, and it was hot as shit. And I uh, I stopped a bunch and uh, took you know the yeah, see a big shady spot. And I'd run up to the shade and stand there and. <laughs> and try to recover yeah. for a little bit and then take back off but um yeah it's uh, it's it's always tougher when it's like that but like i said it, it pays dividends yeah. and so you I mean, and this is you yeah. said you, it was your marathon is, is, is it it's your non-marathon training is well it's it non-marathon in the sense that i don't have a i'm not looking at any marathon to run i don't plan necessarily to run a marathon i think the longest run in the 18 week period is a 20 mile run Right, because it's like, 
uh, we've talked about it before and I talked to you about it where it was like it incrementally goes up uh, the long run by two miles and then it drops back down right so that was 10 miles and I think next week maybe 12 and then mm-hmm. I think it drops back down to eight and then back up to 14 then back down to eight like in, and then it kind of it depends on how far into the training you are right it's just right. really trying to get the marathon pace up and that my challenge is that I tend to run between an eight 15 mile to about an 11 but probably closer to nine right and I can't I can't shake that because there's no way. I, right now, there's no way I can run a mile, I mean a marathon, uh, with a 10-minute mile, cons- the entire 26 miles. I don't think I could. And so, but I have this thing in my mind because I've only done short distances that I push myself harder and run faster, right? And, and, and I also know that even in short races, like when I've done a 5K or a 5-mile race, there's just you know a few 5Ks in a one 5-mile race, is that I come out of the gate way too fast, right? And I just burn myself out. Mm-hmm. I don't pace myself. It's just like this psychological thing, right? Like, we are off. I'm going to win. Oh, shit. You know, and then like in mile, you know, two, two and a half or closer to like three and a half, four on a five mile. I'm like, oh, God. And even when I'm doing these runs by myself, I'm like paying attention to my pace. But I'm like, I can't slow myself down. So I, I got to figure that out. I don't know how to naturally do it. So... I, know. No, I mean, yeah, and again, I, there's no actual race, so it's not a big deal, right? For me, it's just like if I can get up to a 20-mile run, I'm like, huh, six more miles, I can do that. So I do think it's, it's, it's just been a mind-over-matter thing for me. Like, uh, you know, it's it's really not about the time or the distance or actually completing. Like, I'll look into, like, virtual races and or maybe doing my own thing or trying to do a fundraiser for something or I don't know. I'll figure it out. I actually did, uh, now that you mention it, I forgot about that. I did sign up for a virtual race. I did. It's uh, the uh, Big Ten uh, Conference has a thing. I just did it for the shirt. Uh, You get a shirt, and you get a uh, headband, it said. It looks more like kind of one of these, uh, almost looks like one of those face mask things a lot of people are using for a face mask. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... uh, and branded to whichever Big Ten university you pick. So, uh, and then you have a like a two. I think there's a two week range or something you can run in, uh, and you can pick five k or ten k. So I picked uh, the five k because I know I can run a five k. And but mostly mm-hmm. I just it, it was twenty bucks and you get a cool looking shirt and the cool. uh, headband thing. So yeah. Uh, the other target marketing I'm getting is masks. I'm getting a lot of masks. <laughs> And yeah, I think I, it, we're all. I think it, we're all. Yeah, I know, but I, I mean, I happen to buy some other masks recently. So, um, and and sure enough, that's the other thing. I just saw an email pop up on my computer that showed uh, these K ninety five masks, whatever that is. There was a there was a uh, a study that came out yesterday from I think it's physics dot org that about face masks and it was reported i, I saw it, uh at cnn and some other places had picked it up and had uh, carried the story but it was about the mask thing and i was surprised to see that um well some of what i um i had uh, suspected was true which is loose fitting mass um there's all kinds of uh there, there's all kinds of uh potential for those to leak out a lot of uh, the stuff that we're trying droplets to droplets like the the yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of dumb memes going around right now that people are sharing with each other where they've got these uh, various charts where, uh, you know, with with a mask, without a mask, and there's various um, layouts and versions of those that I've seen, none of which are attributed to any study. Um, But I did see, okay, I've only seen one of those posted, but I did see some study on ABC News last night that actually showed the difference and showed like they had like um, one of those like black lights or whatever and they showed like it was in a dark room and a guy sneezed and he, with a mask, without a mask and then showing droplets. Right? That was the study I'm talking about, I think, yeah. It must be because I mean it's yeah. showing this thing and I don't know who the person was, what organization did the study. The way I look at it is, is you know what, if, if, if in some way it, it means people wear the masks particularly in crowded places in public beyond a business that says you have to whether it's the mandated law or not right um we might be better off for it right like they finally you know no i i think we probably will be but i don't know for sure but i'm not i'm not against the mask i don't give a fuck about wearing a mask i'm not comfortable with it all the time but i have no problem wearing it when i go to get running shoes or whatever but you know so yeah i think i saw the same i saw a probably saw a version of the same thing yesterday or the day before on instagram and then I actually saw a news story, but again, I didn't go deeper than that, right? Yeah, I kind of read. I read a lot of it. They, they said that the uh, the N95 masks actually were less effective than. And when I read this, I thought, "Oh my God, who would wear this?" But I, I guess people are. But they said a uh, cotton quilted, sewn and quilted. So quilted would be, I guess, fairly thick. So a cotton thick. You know, one that's thick that goes all the way over your mouth mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and nose, obviously, uh, is more effective than the N95 respirators. Uh, um, and I was thinking, wow, and this weather and being out. And the one I, ones I have, I've got various. Usually, I have these neckerchief kind of things that I pull up. The, uh, I bought a couple of them recently too that um, are made by Eddie Bauer, and mm-hmm. they're just. Uh, yeah, they can be a headband, they can be a mm-hmm. kerchief if you pull it up, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, and those, according to the study, are, and I see a lot of people with these on, um, those and the and the one that you see the most, the, the, the crinkly blue, you know, hospital-looking sort of one that fits yeah, fa- yeah, right. fairly loose, that type and the type I've been wearing uh, don't do a very good job at all. Um, right. They're, 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 no, it's, uh, thin it's, thin cloth is not going to do it. I mean, it's got to be a few layers, yeah. and, and it's got to you know, it's got to be uncomfortable and hot. Yeah, yeah. And so the one I've been, the one I've been using, I guess, I, and now I've, I'm calling it uh, my emotional support mask because I think it's more than anything, it's it's uh, it's it gives me a little bit of emotional support occasionally when I'm uh, Iowa. In this state, we're one of I learned one of four states, only four. We have no mask requirements at all. Now there are some stores and some places costcos and different places like that that from the beginning of this required mass and and you know that's their national policy but um in the state of iowa there's no there's no law there's you know so it's optional completely for for the uh whatever business however they want to handle it so it, it varies um but for the most part whenever i do go out i've got you know one at the ready so that if i need to uh, you know like i'm not gonna fight with anybody but i don't really mm-hmm. care uh, i don't um probably i guess i didn't think 
before I saw that study, I didn't think probably what I was wearing was probably um, maybe that effective, and I, that confirmed it. That you know, is it going to make me mm -hmm. go out and get something that's thicker because I want to um, be sure that I don't contract something? Probably not. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I've given a lot of thought to this. I've thought about the. I, this I, I I just I believe that now it's it's my it's my feeling uh, that this is going to resolve itself in a different manner than we've imagined. And what I mean by that is I'm, I've been thinking about okay, we've got what looks like a pretty strong second wave happening in some areas of the country, some some not so much, not here. We have, we've had more cases here, but not hospitalizations haven't. Uh, there hasn't been an uptick in hospitalizations, so it looks like younger people are getting it, and they're and they're not. Uh, uh, you know, it's not a case where they they have it, but they don't don't need to be hospitalized. Um, but the, what, I'm, what I mean by this is, okay, so if we get to the point where there is a vaccine, um, the vaccine, I, I was thinking about how that, how, that, how that might roll out. We're obviously not going to, at one point, they're not going to say, the vaccine is here, we have 330 million doses, everybody come in this week and we'll all get you, we'll, everybody will we'll get, get you a shot or a nasal spray or whatever, it, however it works. Um, you know, it's going to have to be something that's metered out slowly. They're not going to get as, enough doses to do everybody to begin with, so they're, they're, it's going to start with a certain group. So the most susceptible are going to get the first group of, of inoculations, and then they're going to work their way in order of importance um, for those that need it after that. And uh, during that period of time, it's my, in my imagination, it's my belief that during that period of time, you're going to have people at that point that uh, probably weren't that excited about getting inoculated or getting vaccinated. Um, to begin with, they're really going to rebel at that point. They're going to be like, okay, if you guys have just given inoculations to all of the old people and all of the people that are, you know, have some sort of illness that uh, makes them more susceptible, if those people have all gotten inoculated now, they're going to say to themselves, why should I take this shot? Why should I do this? And, and, and there's also going to be a lot of information or misinformation or fighting and squabbling at that point about the effectiveness of the vaccine that's being offered people are going to be trying to downplay its uh, its uh, efficacy they're going to be all sorts of uh, conspiracy theories out there where people are going you know this is bullshit this thing hasn't been tested hasn't been around long enough could be harmful um, all that sort of stuff, malarkey is going to go on, and I think it's going to be a big, giant, fucking clusterfuck at that point. And uh, there's nothing that leads me to believe that that would be any different. So I'm just sitting back right now, thinking, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't get a vaccine. Uh, I might, uh, depending on how it's rolled out. I may not be offered one. I was thinking, thinking, uh, in terms of. Uh, how long it's going to take for certain uh, certain groups of people to get get a vaccine based on an order of importance theory? I'm lower on the list than a lot of people would be, um, and by the time it's even available to be offered to me, half the world may have already gotten it. You know, and who knows? Uh, it, it's hard to say. But I, I think um, you know, white guys in the Midwest. <laughs> 
<laughs> that aren't sick. <laughs> They're going to be like, you guys can just fucking wait. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. I have not been tested. Um, I haven't, you know, I've looked into it once, but not so much with my health insurance company. But I have not looked into it to the point that I contacted my primary care physician and said, I want to get, can you, you know, write a script for me to get tested yeah you and get, you get the, tested like i said here pretty easy now yeah. the, the, but that's just if you have it that's the live virus thing if you want to get a test for the uh you know, the serum test that the says, antibodies did you have the antibodies yeah you you have to that's an out-of-pocket you have to pay for it and i think uh-huh. uh, a friend of mine told me and i think she knows what she's talking about she said it's about 150 bucks yeah. um if you want to get that and um there's the University of Iowa hospitals. Uh, you can do that for 150. Mm-hmm. But I did find a hack, and I'm signed up for a hack. For a this. hack? What do you mean a, a hack? hack? How do you know it's a? I mean, I have no idea whether the test. The, Amer- the, the American Red Cross in Iowa uh, is doing blood drives, and uh, the uh, advertising that they have said that if you're going to donate blood. You can sign up, but everybody that donates will have a serum test uh, beforehand because oh. they want to know if you have the antibodies. Huh. Okay, and so it's a legit you, test. It's yeah. just, it's, they'll, yeah, you can donate blood and in turn you can get the antibody and, test. Yeah, and if you do have antibodies, you may be eligible for uh, other options, I think is what they put uh, somewhere in the language, something like that. So they're, they'll they're pay trying you? To, will they pay you for your blood? I think they're trying to find people that have the antibodies because that could be the group of people that is, um, you know, key in creating the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're 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 actively looking. So I have been uh, July seventeenth. I've got uh, it was the soonest I could get signed up for one of their blood drives to go in, and so I will get the uh, I get the uh, whole full deal to see if I've had it or not thing. Uh, hope I, I I do hope that it, that I that I did have it. We 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 know somebody that um, down the street here, th- their kid, who is uh, he's like I think he's eighteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he uh, he has it right now. Um, was not hospitalized. Uh, kind of his mother works for a hospital. Mm-hmm. She's in um, marketing, and she so she's been around uh, a lot of people that. Uh, would be aware of what a lot of the symptoms were, but he just said uh, he felt fine. Uh, every really didn't have any symptoms, but he did have that. Uh, he couldn't smell anything. He just one day he's like, you know, he's like, she was cooking or something. He goes, I mean, I'm like, because weird. I lost my sense of smell. And she goes, well, can you taste things? He goes, well, not really, because I can't smell anything. And he goes, it's just really weird. And um, she's like, well, how do you feel? And do you have a, do you have a temperature? And you know, what's you know, trying to figure things out. So they took him in and got him tested. And uh, yeah, he's 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 got it and is recovering he really didn't uh, like i said feel bad but he has been working as a waiter bartender at one of the places that just opened and has been very busy in town a place that um that is on a bike uh a bike path where there's we have a, a really active cycling community here in town and uh, the bike uh, biz has been huge and if you go by those places that are there, I mean, they're still open, uh, even though I, I, a lot of places are starting to close back down in certain states. Uh, there's like zero fucks given at, at, when you go to the, go by those places. There's hundreds of people out there and nobody's got a fucking mask on at, at those types of places. If it's um, at the bike path, um, 
and no social distancing really going on either. Mm-hmm. Everybody's standing around next to each other. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, you, even though you, you, I'm seeing more and more stuff about masks and everybody's like, you know, you got to wear masks. The Republicans are even saying you got to wear masks. Yeah, now. Fox News uh, is saying you got to wear masks. Yeah, yeah. But if you go into the world and see what, Mm-hmm. Kid, you know the youth yeah. is doing from the from age whatever like my my high school kids they don't give a shit they're they're mm-hmm. they're, doing, they're hanging around with their friends and all their mm-hmm. friends are hanging out with friends yeah. and nobody's wearing masks and uh they're uh at these at the bars and clubs and all this stuff you know like i said um hundreds of people nobody nobody now zero I, I mean mostly i just i uh, i tend to avo- uh, avoid uh, crowds and people yeah, me too. I mean, pretty, for the most much. part. I mean, but that has nothing to do with the pandemic. That just happens to be with me getting older and wanting to be antisocial and just being like, <laughs> I'm sick and tired of me. There's no way anyone wants to be around me either. So, I have this theory. I think it's, uh, I think it's hormones. Um, and what I mean by that is, I, so I'm in a house with three women. So um, there, there's, there's a, a, a balancing act that goes on uh, in that situation with a hormonal balancing act to see who's, who's happy today. <laughs> and uh, I think what happens when you get as, as you get older, especially men, that's why you got the, the grumpy old men thing syndrome thing. Is I think is as your hormones start to deplete and go away your emotions just start to go away and 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 you just you know you, you just you, you're you're fucks you're you, you, okay one day okay you had 50 fucks zero fucks is is at the end of the road and as you get closer to zero fucks given it's hormone depletion is what it, what leads you down that road so as as all that fades johnny so i'm saying johnny i i i don't know i don't know what's left I, listen, I'm not even 50 yet, so I, I'm, you know, I'm not ready to, to like turn it in. Just I'm done. This is it. Just you got uh, 40, 40, at least 45 years of uh, Carl Reiner's. Life. Yeah, I say, Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know that I want to live to 98. His, I mean, uh, his documentary is if you're not in the obit, eat breakfast. That's what hmm, it's called. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't want to phone it in yet, for sure. Yeah. So, um, I was, um, no, I mean, I'm not. I mean, you know, if, if I had, fo- if I were phoning it in, I, I wouldn't be running 10 miles. You know what I mean? I'd be sitting at home eating ice cream and bonbons and, and, and cookies and, well, I'm still doing that. But I would not be running in addition to that, is my point. My point is, I would, I'm living my life, man. Um, but, I I went to when I went to get the sneakers when I went to um, Runner Road Runner Sports. It's a chain based out of Southern to, California. Yeah. yeah, I used to get there. They used to have a magazine. I'm sure they don't have that anymore. Well, I know. I, I, I well, I don't know if they were associated with it. The same organization. It was like I, I think uh, someone I, in Southern California founded the company, and they're in a bunch of states. Yeah, not all. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think it's the same guys. Pretty sure. Well, anyway, so I, I go into this place, and you know, they've got like the modern, you know, um, the, um, machines that measure your foot size and all kinds of things, and they've got the treadmills that will, you know, show shoot your, you know, measure your stride and all that kind of stuff, right? But you know, you're wearing a mask inside, and you know, everyone that's working there is helping someone. I'm not trying to stay in the store longer, right? I'm like, and I joined their VIP member club where I can swap out shoes after 90 days, even if they're worn, right? You just you trade them in, and you pay the difference. If it costs more, you pay oh. them. If it costs less, that's what I did. So 
So anyway, so um, I'm in the store, and I see this guy. Guy looks like he's wearing a mask. He looks like he's possibly in his early 30s, okay? Tall guy. He's got a young daughter. I would put her at about three, three and a half, just somewhere between three and four. And she's got her mask on, and she's got sunglasses, and she's patiently waiting for her dad. And now um, he's checking out, and he's next to me. And it gets to the point where, especially if you're a VIP member, they need information from you. It could be your name, address, whatever it is, you know, name and something else, phone number, email. And that guy gave his address. And his address, same name street as mine, place. I'm Lane. I said, oh, and, and you know, he said Red Bank, New Jersey. I said, I, oh, you're my neighbor, right? Like I've got the mask on and I'm checking out and why I'm even saying anything and what difference does it make and why I'm socializing <laughs> is stupid and beyond me. And I'm thinking even after I said it, I'm like, why do you say that? Why the fuck? Why do you need to do that? Like, just get the fuck out of here and leave. Like, he, he doesn't give a fuck that you're neighbors. You know what I mean? <laughs> just because he's a runner? He's younger than you. He's good looking. He's got a cute little kid. You've got teenagers that suck. And I, but I didn't stop myself. I was just like, okay. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I know your neighborhood. Yeah, I run through your neighborhood all the time. I said, yeah, me too. I run through yours. We see. I see. I, and then I finish up. He's about to leave. So I said, I'll see you. I'll see you out there running. Like, like it's like I. It was too late. I was already down that path of just being a tool, and so, so now I've got I've got the bag with my new Brooks sneakers, and I'm walking out, and there's this health food store two doors down. So I walk to my car, which is a black Hyundai Santa Fe. You know, like that sort of crossover SUV station wagon kind of deal. Mm-hmm. You know, looks like everything else, right? As I walk, I'm kind of like barely paying attention, hot day, walking to the car, and I'm going to open up the back driver's side door. And I click on my, you know, key fob, unlock, and I walk straight to this car, and I open up the back door. The car is running. I don't have auto start on my key fob, and it's got the air conditioning on. And there's a three-and-a-half-year-old girl sitting in the back seat in the car seat with sunglasses on, and it's the guy, the guy who lives in my neighborhood. And he's sitting in the front seat. Now, I'm telling you, if you're in your car in a parking lot with your three-and-a-half-year-old and some fucking 50-year-old motherfucker who just fucking made small talk with you, we're neighbors, opened up the door, you're not going to be happy. So he was taken aback a little bit. Now, he didn't get up. He didn't hurt me. He didn't do it. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm so, and he was on the phone or something. I'm like, I'm so, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. And then I like... Just, I shrunk down and I put my shoulders down. I looked down at the ground and I walked like another 10 feet, like two rows over, you know, like two two or three spots over in the next thing. The cars, maybe he had a Nissan Rogue, whatever the car was. I, I don't even want to be on his block. You know what I mean? Like, I never want to see this guy running. I, I mean, I went into the health food store. I put the stuff in my car. I locked my door. went into the health food store. And I was just, I felt terrible for like the next couple of hours. I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm like, oh my God, I fucking hate me so much. I don't ever, because if I see that guy, right? You, what, what do you do if you see that guy in the neighborhood? Like if I'm running, do I, if I you know, don't even realize it's him and then I pass him? Like he's got to be, he's in better shape than I am, right? Do I pass him? Then what happens? Then he's like, oh, we're going to go now. And then I'm like, do I drop back? I don't ever want to see that guy again i told him lucky really that you know he could have he could have what if he was armed he could have sure but you know what just so many levels i mean fortunately she was not sitting 
in the car seat on the passenger side because typically you want to have it diagonally uh, uh, across. I think that's the safer. I don't remember if the middle or whatever, but you want to be able to see your child or whatever. So. Yeah, I don't know right. how it works, yeah, but yeah. I was so relieved that she wasn't right there because that's terrifying for her, even more terrifying for her, right? And it it just was it was scary, and um, and I I, I realize more and more when I do things like that, I'd be like, just just shut shut your mouth, just yeah, mind your business, away. just walk don't away. be friendly, in general. Don't There's get no shot. reason. Right? Yeah, what last time I was helpful when I opened that door at the Whole Foods mm-hmm. two and a half weeks ago. I, sh- I slammed my finger. How, yeah, how's the finger? Well, that was Dude, where we left it. it, it you know what? I, I don't have it wrapped up right now. I've been wrapping yeah. it up with uh, a little bit of gauze, like using this um, Aquaphor. It's like Vaseline. But uh, it, put it on the on the sure, nail yeah, bed yeah. and on the tip where it's uh, of the middle, middle right finger. And then I, I wrap it with the gauze a little bit. And then I wrap it with Coban, which is like that mesh kind of self-adhering you know, wrap, and just put it right on the tip, like the t- from the top knuckle up to the tip of the finger. And and, and it helps because it, it, it protects it a little bit anytime I bang it, and I bang it all the time because it's my dominant hand, and, and it's like just in passing. You just bump it, because and because it's like with the wrap, the finger's longer, right, because I wrap it up top, and it looks like it's he's wearing like a beanie up top. You know, my middle finger's wearing a beanie or a turban. And so... I, I just took it off a little while ago because I was editing video um, and 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 the Coban stuff gets all over the trackpad and other things. So I unwrapped it and I've had it unwrapped for a little bit and and it, it, it's really uncomfortable and uh, and and partially because I'm I'm a delicate flower and uh, <laughs> most people don't know that. But is the other thing is I put if I put my right hand next to my left hand and I pray like the old school praying or the praying emoji. Mm-hmm. My right middle finger is approximately a quarter to half an inch longer. Okay, I swear to you, my hands were symmetrical and all fingers were pretty much the same length. I must have smashed it. It's mostly skin up there, I think. But even it's so hard to tell. The nail bed, it's the nail is coming in a little bit, but just down to the bottom. You know, like about a barely an eighth an inch. You know, right? And it, and it's. But it, it's it's not good. But the somewhat good news is I got in touch with Amazon. I, I, I called Amazon Logistics a couple of days ago, and I ended up speaking to the last mile emergency team, LMET. Now, uh, this is apparently if you get into a car accident while delivering for Amazon, this is the team that takes the information, right, and processes everything. So they took the information. They told me they were going to escalate it to a senior. And I had sent them an email like, here's what happened. Here's a breakdown of it. Here are the people at the store that I dealt with. Here is like the claim number from the store for the insurance company for the Whole Foods, blah, blah, blah. I immediately got a, 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 um, an email from Amazon Logistics or Amazon Flex Support that said, Auto insurance, and here's how what auto insurance covers. I was like, I couldn't have been more specific, but it's just a form thing, right? Like some guy fills it out, but whatever. And so they got me in touch with someone, and then I got an email from another person who'd be working on my claim, and I have to complete this form, and it says they don't uh, cover. What are they? they what is it here? They they please keep in mind, Amazon does not pay for any lost wages. 
So that it's promising that they may actually take care of the medical bills. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, I didn't get the bill from the orthopedic surgeon. Uh, I don't need surgery, according to him, but I'll go back to him on July 7th. Uh, not only, I also got an email saying not to miss my blocks. I didn't deliver on June 14th when I injured my finger, even though I contacted them, told them to release it, give it to But again, it's an automatic email that's generated yeah. despite you doing all that. You know, but it's still, and, and I even called them up and say, hey, I didn't deliver. You shouldn't pay me the $30 because I didn't do it. But they said, no, no, it's fine. And then on top of that, before I reached out to these teams, I got an email saying, thank you. Um, we are giving you a $150 bonus because you delivered between June 1st and June 30th. And you worked more than 10 hours. So that was nice. Yeah. You so know. did did a doctor look at your finger and say, just live with it? Or what? how did that work? Um, the orthopedic surgeon said, it doesn't look that bad. doesn't look like it's infected. Um, did he say, don't be a pussy? <laughs> he didn't say that. He was very good. He was very efficient. He just kind of looked at it. I mean, you know, look, he's an orthopedic hand surgeon, so he's seen a lot worse, obviously, right? Sure. But he oh, said yeah. it's healing well. He said that it was stitched up fairly well. You know, he said they did a good job. I'm like, okay. I mean, to me, I've never smashed my finger or damaged uh, a digit toe or fingers in this way. Mm-hmm. It's ugly. I mean, it's long, it's smashed, it's disformed, but it's probably fine, right? Like, it, it's it's really tingly, and, and it's painful, and, and, it's, and I don't have full range of motion. Like, I can bend it at the middle knuckle, the lower knuckle, but at the top knuckle, it's really challenging to do. But, I mean, I can't really do that with any of my fingers, really. But, I mean, it hurts to even a little bit. Um, I'll be fine. Uh, the guy said something about going to um, occupational therapy for it. And I don't know that I'm going to do that. I don't know. I don't know that it's necessary. And he said you're probably going to experience pain for the rest of your life in extreme uh, temperatures, hot cold, or cold. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. say that. Yeah, you know. And and I'm feeling it in, in a lot of my fingers too. You know, I, I feel it in my my ring finger on my right hand, which I also smashed and bruised a little bit. But I don't know what's. I don't know. I mean, um, it's 48 years of of, you know probably messing up i've probably like jammed every single one of my fingers and i didn't even play football or sports you know we'll make friends with the pain john and then you'll you'll never be alone Uh, alone. that's right i just that's the pain right because one day my only friend is going to be the pain the pain yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) bring the pain no problem i will always bring the pain literally with me and i will complain about it ad nauseum i'll just be like "Mm, there's john again complaining but oh my god that achy moany sighing how old is that guy like 90 no he's he's 48 Really? Yeah. 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 What's wrong with that guy? Slammed his finger in a door. He slammed his finger in his door and he ran ten miles once. Okay, and he and he has a stroke, which almost five years ago. Shut the fuck up. By the way, I can't wait till Susie listens to this, and then she's gonna tell me how ridiculous I am and that my middle finger is nowhere near uh, uh, a quarter inch or half an inch longer, and that it's maybe like a millimeter longer than my middle finger. Yeah, I'm not trying to exaggerate. I'm just I'm just telling you. I literally it's. It's an abnormally long finger. My my middle finger looks like it could go on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's hand or Ichabod Crane or I don't know. I'm just trying to think of really tall, lanky, skinny dudes. 
yes uh well you know what are you gonna do but uh it, and you don't i mean I was just, you said right hand. I was like, uh, yeah, I was right thinking hand. like Cameron, your son, if uh, he would have smashed, he, he'd still play the guitar though. I guess. Yeah, with on the right so hand because he's a righty, right so he could play. He could play. It's the yeah. left hand that, you know, guitarists yeah. are always worried about, so, yeah. you know, because you don't want to end yeah. up with uh, some sort of a weird deal going on where part yeah. of your fingers whacked off like yeah. uh, the guy in the, the Grateful Dead, uh, Jerry Garcia, had the one. Did he? Uh, his right hand, though, I think is what yeah. it was. Yeah. Cameron's been recording music. He, uh, he and a friend of his, uh, they kind of like his first friend in the neighborhood um, when he was probably about two and a half, three, probably met him like that first Halloween, and they, they had been friends ever since, but they were a lot closer when they were younger. You know, they were in school from kindergarten to like eighth grade, and then Cameron went to that other high school and and they were still in the marching band together they 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 kind of grew apart and they don't hang out nearly as much but uh his friend gavin plays bass and drums um and uh you know cameron plays guitar he plays bass a little bit and gavin's probably a better bass player and i don't know cameron just started writing he said to me he wanted to start recording so i was like that's cool you can come up into pool house and use my computer he's got a macbook pro and i got the imac and whatever and i keep the mic in there so when i'm there i can record this and and uh it's it's been interesting to watch them collaborate and sort of have their little like infighting and it's like you could just it's just there's those seedlings of of why bands break up before they even start you know or, or taking yeah, credit yeah, yeah. for it or no it's my song i'm doing the lead vocals yeah well i'm a better singer than you or then when they passive aggressively say hey what you when one of them's recording vocals and the other one will say like you, you, maybe you should have some water, you know, like shit like that. <laughs> it's pretty endless, you know. And the other one leaves, and then, you know, then the other one, like Cameron will record another, redo the tracks, or Cameron will come up with this cool... And, and, and the way I look at it is, it's like, you know what, though? It's the more you do it, right? Even if the song sucks, even if it's not good, the experience of doing it and how you can grow. And I have always told Cameron that just because you don't like something or you don't like a song, it may turn into something else at some other point, right? It may come back to you. Or you, you know, it, it's just, I, I think it's a good way, like a good launching point to something else, to just keep doing it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know, I, there's, there's so many instruments that, uh, you know, either sometimes are forced upon kids because they're like, oh, you know, you, you want your kid to be in band, and so, you know, the kid plays uh, something, whatever, you know, uh, flute or, or uh, saxophone or something like that. Maybe not saxophone so much, but there's a lot of instruments that people don't pick up ever after they get uh, past a certain age. Clarinet. Yeah, clarinet, because it's not uh, something that, you know, that's that's cool or you, that you're going to play at a party or anything like that so Lizzo picks up her flute she's a flautist she does rock that flute pretty well for a big big girl and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah um yeah, we we don't get a lot of flute and rock and roll. She's I, I guess she's not really rock and roll. She's What's like, his uh, name? Uh, Ian Ian um Ian Anderson Anderson yeah. from uh, yeah Jethro, Jethro. Tull best heavy metal uh, album best heavy metal. Yeah, record first yeah. one. Yeah, that was r ridiculous and a uh, <laughs> good example of uh, how screwed up the, the music industry is. But um, I saw them once live, and uh, he, he's a me too bizarre, bizarre cat with his bare feet and uh, I, I weird saw, little dance yeah. thing that he does all the time. I saw I saw them in like it was the late no early nineties. I saw me them too. in like ninety one or yeah. so. 
and it was my my girlfriend from college she lived up in syracuse she went to syracuse university i met her at college and we went to like the onondaga war memorial like it was like some hockey team like i don't think it was it wasn't a pro hockey team but you know and it was and i wasn't i wasn't a fan you know, because I'm not from central New York or I don't know. I'm just not. I'm, I wasn't into into them, but I was fascinated by him, like him prancing around with that flute. Yeah. Like it's like it, it really it's 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 oddly intriguing. Yes. Yeah. I saw him on a venue, a weird lineup. It was one of these. Uh, it was a uh, like a Labor Day weekend thing outside. And I don't know who came up with the um, with the lineup, but um, Seven Mary Three was the opening band, uh-huh. uh, and uh, which had uh, a couple of like they were kind of a one hit wonder, but uh, they had a, a couple of songs I guess that got radio play, and uh, Spin Doctors, right? And then then them, then uh, yeah. Jethro Tull was the was the main act, and I was like, "This is the weirdest lineup ever." But I, I'd gotten free tickets through a uh, radio station I was working at at the at the time, and was like, "Okay, I'll go." But it was it was a bizarre sort of lineup. I think out of the three, I probably well, Spin Doctors. It's easy to make fun of Spin Doctors, um, sure. But when you're in the crowd and they're doing their goofy shit and every song, basically, it's the same song that just goes on for their whole set. You know, they just change the words up. Right. It's that whole little, you know, that whole riff thing that they do is just continues. Um, it was fun. It, it, yeah. And yeah. Seven Mary Three had that song "Cumbersome" that was so popular. Yes. Back then, kind of a metalish sort of thing, a little bit. I'm cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it was fun. It was it was a good show to, to see. Um, speaking of, uh, you mentioned uh, you know heavy heavy somebody that was a little heavy and 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 you reminded me of uh, you last time we had talked. I think it was you had said something about uh, Killer Mike, the, the run the jewels guy. Yes, and uh, you know I hadn't really and it got me uh, down a rabbit hole because I thought you know I haven't really. I haven't really listened to Run the Jewels much, and I mm-hmm. thought um, maybe as I'm running, uh, I should switch something up, and I should try to listen to them because I hear it's good workout music. Um, not sure. I'm not sure I'm a Run the Jewels guy, quite frankly. It, it's okay. I mean, but um, I, I was uh, hoping to be blown away by by the the whole thing. But um, I'm really impressed with him. I've, se- I've seen some interviews. Oh yeah, I, I watched a few interviews. And God, he's smart. He's just he he he, he uh, has a great way of presenting his ideas and he's got a very nuanced uh view of the world he's he, the way he uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's really a big pro gun gun nut um uh, really into that whole idea um really into uh freedom of speech and mm-hmm. uh the idea that we shouldn't uh, silence people that frighten us you know, even if they're nazi mm-hmm. crazy people and mm-hmm. you know a lot of the stuff that's gone on this week in particular with uh, reddit and facebook and a lot of these guys are they're shutting down all these people that um you know uh probably <laughs> i guess i I'm, i i can see why you know, if there's a white supremacist group on on uh, on your platform and you don't want them to be there, you're a private company. I can see why you, you should be able to get rid of them if you want to. Mm-hmm. But I can also see like the Killer Mike viewpoint, where you know it's like he's like you know fuck it, you know that's their their you know it's in the Constitution, that's their First Amendment rights. Well, they right. I mean, where do you so. draw the line? Well, yeah. Well. You, 
like probably the line is I, I, I is if I own the business and I don't want them on there, then I don't. Have oh to well, that's it. absolutely right. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But should they be silenced completely? No, I don't think so. Um, and Luther Campbell, he talks to in the one interview, he's talking about Luther Campbell. That's the, the, the you know what Luther Campbell basically fought for was the right to say whatever the fuck you want mm -hmm. in, in in public and uh, took it all the way to the Supreme Court and right. won right. when nobody thought he would win. Right. Uh, I, I don't I don't think the the hopes were great amongst a lot of people that you know here's this this dude from I guess where's he from is he from Miami, Miami. he's know. from Miami is he from Miami I know they they got in trouble down in Florida but I didn't know it's that that's necessarily where they were from but. I don't know. He's just well. Listen, I mean, and look, he. I mean, look, he, Luther Campbell was fighting the good fight. I mean, you know, I mean, he was saying very important things, face down, ass up. You know what I mean? Me so horny, dick almighty. These are important things that need to be. We cannot limit speech. Okay, there are certain things that are going to change the world. Yes, you know, a fuck is a fuck. These are the types of things. Again, it, that wasn't the point of it. I understand that. You a know, lot of people didn't want to hear what he wanted to say out loud. You know, especially you know the, the Tipper Gore and all these people that were around at that at that point that were yeah. trying to stop. Uh, uh, you know, right? Well, you know, listen. I, I don't necessarily want certain types of content, ultra violent stuff. Um, I don't want it in my face. I don't want to see it all the time. I don't necessarily know that I want to see it on Bill. You know, it, it's. But would you? But would you see it if you didn't go out and look for it? Like the the whole thing with Reddit as an example. Um, they they're talking about these. You know, there's some. I guess it was a Trump uh, group that had mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. the worst stuff in there. Um, to me, it didn't exist because I, 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 I'm never going to go look for it. I'm never going to go. Right. I would never go seek but it out. Like I, I, I've, I've never watched a, a, um, a beheading video. They're out there. I haven't. Either. I've come close, I but I never have. Like I've, same, I've, same I've, I've, I've had a thing where it kind of popped up, or I was in a place, or like I had a friend that used to go to ogreish.com and send me stuff or tell me about stuff, and then I'd be real curious, yep. real curious, and then the like it was just like. Yeah, I mean, I right. did see Faces of Death when I was in high school, rented it. I rented it from the video store, like Palmer Video. And I think I, I, it was that movie and like Father Like Son with like uh, Jackie. It was, uh, I think, Tom Hanks and like Jackie Gleason. It was like, I was, I'm on some FBI list. I know that from renting those two movies together. Um, <laughs> you know, but anyway, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't really want to seek that out. I don't want to see that. I don't necessarily like things that are really loud and in my face. You know, I don't necessarily love, like, even if I like hip hop, I don't like if I'm in a car and there's like boom. Base. Sometimes it makes me uncomfortable, and I don't know if that's me getting older. I don't know if I ever liked it. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's. I'm just getting old, and, and you know, <laughs> I don't know, that's hormones. Yeah, it could be, could possibly yeah. have something yeah. to do with it. But, but. I, I, I want to recommend uh, you listen to. Uh, if you haven't listened to the moment, it's a podcast that Brian Koppelman uh, hosts, and Brian Koppelman is the guy who created Billions, and he also he wrote Rounders. But he is friends with um, with Killer Mike. I don't know what their relationship, and I don't remember how they met. But in uh, December 2014. His episode of the moment is Killer Mike, and that I, that was like I had heard of Run the Jewels, and that was the first time I really heard about Killer Mike and what his background was. And he's from Atlanta, and he had done some stuff with Outcast 
but he and this other dude LP when they founded Run the Jewels kind of got pretty popular over the last couple of years and then huge now right? and I mean he be, he became a very big Bernie Sanders uh, supporter yep uh, at one point and maybe still is uh, yeah he's Probably, an interesting yeah. guy he, he's uh, he he comes across as very uh, thoughtful uh, intelligent um, very I don't know but, yeah. Uh, I like I said I like he's because he's very nuanced in his approach to the world. He's like this interview there. He was he was talking to this uh, Colian Noir guy. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Not. He's a, he's a gun dude. Um, he, a gun rights guy, and uh, so they had that in common. And uh, it was a really really good interview. These guys uh, with each other, and. Uh, I don't know. I was like, this guy, I, I like this guy. This guy should run for office, although that would screw up his life. Then. But he, uh, he's more, uh, like I said, just more nuanced, more thoughtful than, than um, most of the people that, that want to give you advice about, about, about things. He's, he just seems to see things from a viewpoint that um, is, uh, you know, sometimes he's, he's looking at it from uh, the angle that he's a black man and he's got, uh, you know, Things that he sh- you know should do for you know uh, his friends and family based on the fact that you know they're black, but he's got other things that he comes at it from a just a more of a, uh, a just a general you know this is this is this is general society and this is the way we should act in in a in a civilized world and I just uh, thought that was uh, I don't know that was really good and uh, I hope he does I hope he does big things I don't know. We, we need more of those kind of voices in the world. We really do. Well, you know, e- even if he does go and go big things, um, unless he does it on a global scale or at least a national scale that's covered uh, across news platforms, you might yeah. not know about it. Do you know? I mean, in, in the sense that because we're so segmented in terms of, of um, news and content and how people receive information that, yeah. you know, I mean, if if. If the news didn't cover the possibility that some woman from Iowa started a campaign on on social media and TikTok in particular, even if you've heard of TikTok, you wouldn't necessarily know that that was possibly a contributing factor to a bunch of K-pop people picking it up on TikTok and and getting a bunch of tickets for the Trump rally in Oklahoma, right? Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily have known that, right? That would have just been this underground like 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 I'm sure that there are plenty of people that have been on Reddit and 4chan that have started little things and like even like these fringe groups whether it's an ant- and I'm not saying they're total fringe groups like like Bugaboo or whatever, like I heard a story about uh, Facebook um not having certain ads because bigger companies are boycotting them, right? And like pulling yeah, yeah. their ads, right? So so they did something with Bugaboo. But now who the fuck are Bugaboo? Are is it is it like three dudes? You know what I mean? Uh, like seriously, what extent is it? Like you you know, anti vaxxers. There there are um, I don't know how many globally there are, but they're very they're a minority, but they're a very loud minority, right? And because of the way things are so segmented, and then the news media picks it up. So I guess my point is simply that the killer Mike can do things or celebrities can do things, but if we don't follow them because our Instagram is telling us to buy socks and masks and, you know, sneakers, you know, I may never see if I don't follow Killer Mike or don't or he doesn't make big, big, big news, then you know, like, you know, the one guy that's never gonna go away is Trump. Even if he doesn't be isn't elected president, he's not going to go away. And I think Trump out of office might be scarier than Trump in office.
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we touch.